Trek Companion. This is episode 297. I'm your host, Brian Williams. I'm Adam Caesar. I'm Stephen Embry. And today we're going to kick off Star Trek Lower Decks second season with the episodes Strange Energies and Kayshawn, His Eyes Open. Here we go. Strange Energies, Season 2, Episode 1, original release date, August 12, 2021, directed by Jason Zurich, written by Mike McMahon. Guest cast include Jonathan Frakes as William T. Riker, Eric Bauza as Cerritos Con Officer, Neil Casey as Casey, Phil Lamar as Freeman, Lauren Lapkus as Jennifer Shrehan, Jessica McKenna as Barnes, Randall Park as Aspergosian High Leader, Missy Pyle as Cardassian Inter- Interrogator Hologram, and Ben Rogers as Steve Stevens. Approximately three months after the events of the season one finale, the USS Sorrentos is dispatched on a mission that results in an encounter with strange energy. Mariner is working closely with her mother, Captain Friedman, to do her own goodwill missions. But Mariner's good intentions have unintended consequences when Commander Jack Ranson is mistakenly endowed with godlike powers and ultimately seeks revenge over Captain Friedman's favoritism to her daughter. Okie dokie, Ensign Barnes just confirmed our date for tonight. Whoa, she's crazy hot. Are you nervous? Wait, that sounds familiar. No, not nervous at all. This is gonna be great. Oh, actually, you went on a date with Barnes last year, and it wasn't a good match. She didn't care that a red alert failed to override maintenance hatch 70's access protocol. Can you imagine? That's okay. This is our third date. It's been pretty great. Ensign Barnes is super cool. Oh, oh, okay. All right, Strange Energies. Steve, get us going on Strange Energies. So uh, last time, I think I mentioned that I thought the uh, season finale was a great episode for a season finale, at least how they handled it. And and kind of along the same lines, I think this is a great episode to start off a season because you have we have one new element, this whole notion of Boimler not being on the ship and he's on the Titan and dealing with that, dealing with with his absence and so on. Also, we um, the other new element is that everyone knows that. Uh, you know, uh, Mariner is the daughter of the captain and that kind of thing. So, and so otherwise they just kind of, uh, keep doing what they do. And, uh, it's a lot of fun. The, the, uh, silly in jokes, obviously you have, um, a lot of you know, nods to next gen with things like the Cardassians and the lights and so on. But you also have the, um, original series references with the, uh, strange energies and, you know, the Gary Mitchell stuff and so on. So, you know, it's, it's, um, Again, you you know, for Trek fans, it's a lot of fun, these these silly things and making fun of themselves. And they keep doing that well. And uh, um, again, also also continuing to do character development and move these people forward in, in this 20 some minutes per episode like they do. And so I think they I think they started the season well. I enjoyed it. Um, I'm definitely in agreement with Steve. Um, actually, this is, this is my first run through on season two. I decided to wait and just watch them. Um, for the first time for our podcast. So, so these are your hot takes, <laughs> my hot takes. So I agree with Steve. It picked, it literally picks up, you know, it's, you know, in the synopsis, it's, it's, it's only a few months after, you know, season one ended. So they're, they're still kind of dealing with Boimler leaving and, you know, they're still picking up with all the, like you said, all the references that, that Steve mentioned. It's, it's fun to see, um, Ranson involved a little bit more in this episode, you know, you can kind of see, you, you know, so in the first episode, there was this, the first season, there was this major conflict between Mariner and her mother, you know, and they were the only two that knew 
Um, but but yeah, so then now you have um, Ranson who's jealous. You know, he's a first officer. He wants to suck up to the captain. We've kind of we've gotten that that from him in the first season. And yeah, and then they take us down this um, you know nostalgic you know back to the original series with the godlike powers, and they have a lot of fun with it. You know, the large head. It's the the animation. You know, I don't know if we'd really talk too much about the animation, um, how it looks. Maybe we did. I'm mean, just maybe just forgetting. But the animation is really cool. I mean, you know, the big head is very creative. Um, coming out, you know, um, you know, trying to you know bite the ship. You know, I, lo- I love the shot that's straight down his throat. And at the same time, um, you have um, Tendi chasing down um, Rutherford. You know, because she, you know, she has this crush on him. I don't, I don't know if it's like she really likes him or they're just really good friends. But I. <laughs> I enjoyed the scene where they're they're on the deck and he's got her force field off and you know Ransom's you know trying to chomp on the the ship and the, it's all in the background and they're just kind of having this nice um you know intimate conversation while the ship's under attack it's 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 a nice um counter counterbalance there and then you know we get, we see Boimler on um the Titan and um this was alluded to um in the first season you know these 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 the upper class ships that, you know, go on these crazy adventures and do all that, do all the crazy stuff. And, you know, we see Boimler's dealing with that um, towards the end of this episode. So yeah, they pick up right where they left off. It's fun. Um, Like I said, I enjoyed the opening, the opening scene. I was, I was hoping for more of a, there are four lights, but I guess that would have been too more on the no- too much on the nose. Did Boy- I think yeah, maybe Boimler did say there was four lights. Yeah, he had, a, he had, a, they keep asking me how many lights there are. He said something like that. There's something about the mm-hmm. lights. Actually, I want another one of those in jokes. I love the line when uh, when Mariner pauses the holodeck because the Andorian is asking her what she's up to or something, and she's and the Andorian leaves, and she says, "I know we're not supposed to have interpersonal conflicts, but I really hate that Andorian." That's <laughs> 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 such a like again. It's the kind of thing where it's funny if you don't know Star Trek stuff, mm-hmm. but it's it's funnier if you do. But it's not. It's not if you've watched all the episodes, you know. You would only get that joke if you know the behind the scenes of Star Trek, you know. And they do that is, a lot, and that's always very funny. Is is that the Reliant? I mean, it looks exactly, but is was that supposed to be the Reliant USS Reliant? Oh, in the holographic thing. The hall- I don't, I don't, I missed it. If it was, I mean, it's the exact same design. They did. They showed the numbers, and I didn't go back and look and see what the numbers for the Reliant were. I couldn't. I couldn't make out the the name on the ship. But that's. I mean, you know, the show does a great job of. Um, if only they'd put in the prefix code, then I could have confirmed it for you. <laughs> but the but the show does a great job of um, misdirection. So you know, like you said, you have this opening scene. It seems like she's is being tortured, and we're going, th- and then it's yeah. Turns out it's just a you know her workout. Oh, it's it's legs day. Such a smart way to open season two you know you get to open it on action without actually having to be in a big battle but you get to have this great little recap of kind of what happened and where they're at you're, you're caught up and um yeah it's a, it's a nice little opening uh, i like it a lot and it's you know it is certainly you know action packed uh, and i agree I, I like the way it looks um i like the way it sounds all the sounds sound effects are great but uh, i really love the colors i always have on this show but when you talk about like uh, ransom's big head attacking the the colors are so great i love the bit when he's like he once he grows hands he's like holding the saucer section like a sandwich or something he's about to bite (laughs) into it from the front that's what it looks like to me Um, well i also love that that you know he you know he started he first started off as he's building a gym you know he's working out um yeah yeah. (laughs) 
the line in this episode, or not a line, actually an action bit that made me literally laugh out loud was after Mariner has repeatedly kicked uh, Ransom several times to get whatever strange energies out of him. It seems like maybe they're done. And then the doctor brings a forklift and drops a rock on it. <laughs> Make you laugh out loud. Yeah. yeah, if only Kurt knew kicking him, kicking in the growing, that would have you know, that would have made the first. Mm-hmm. Obviously, in the next episode, we'll get more into it. But this, the whole intensity of the stuff on the Titan is so outrageous, and and like this persona of Riker, like that line he has in this one about the silly stuff, like the this jam session has too many licks, not enough calm. It's just it's so it's so goofy, you know. It's, <laughs> what does it mean? Yeah, I don't yeah. know what that means. Yeah. I, I love the Captain Morgan pose he has too. You know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The storyline between um, Tendy and Rutherford, there's not a lot to it, but I just I like their relationship, and it seems so honest, and it is funny. My brain's gonna melt out of my nose because I like pears. <laughs> yeah, what's in those hypos? Medical venom. That was funny. That whole sequence, like you were talking about, that when they're they're having their kind of heart to heart while the ship's being attacked. Everything, even even the most outlandish stuff with the big head and the hands um, outside the ship. I love how this show, it's always the show it wants to be, but it's still just barely inside the line of canon. Like, everything's exaggerated, but there's still a way you can kind of imagine all of this is actually happening in the Star Trek canonical universe that we all know and love. You know, it never takes that. It, it goes right up to the wall, yeah. but I feel like it never jumps over it. You know, and that's like, it's the perfect place for this show to be. It'd be wild if someday we could, there would have some live action cameo of a character from this thing. I don't know how they would do it or where they'd put it, but that'd be really neat. I mean, Star Wars has been doing that now, you know, bringing right, right. animated Clone Wars people into the live action shows. I guess Ahsoka would be the, the biggest character. Well, the, the most exciting one for me was um, Katie Sackhoff. Oh, I just had the name of that character. Katie Sackhoff? I don't yeah, it's Katie Sackhoff, yeah. But mm-hmm. in her case, it was the person who, she did the voice for the animated show, and now she's, right. she does the live action character. Right. Ahsoka's cool, but, you know, that's not Ashley Eckstein. That's um, right. Rosario Dawson. That seems pretty unprecedented. But, uh, yeah, no, it would be it would definitely be cool. Gosh, who would I want to see? <laughs> it's probably something boring, like the captain. <laughs> I think she's awesome. I'd like to see her. William, uh, William Boimler, maybe? Uh, i wonder if we'll ever see him again what is this episode about what i kind of took about it it is it's kind of knowing your place so you know like i said the episode starts off with um mariner and her mother captain freeman you know they're there's this uneasy um hey we're getting along and we're happy and yay go do your missions and and you also you kind of you see that with Ransom, you know, he's very insecure about this. And I think it's Ransom. Know, Ransom is very insecure about this, and, and obviously, um, um, Tendi and Rutherford, you know, that their relationship is is kind of is it's not frayed, but I mean, there's she's very insecure about it. But by the time you get to the end of the episode, after they've gone through everything that they've gone through in this episode, they realize, you know what, we're we're just pretending to be these other people. Let's be who we are. And so I kind of took from it. It's just, you know, be true to yourself. And and that's the best way to go. I think it's also that, you know, this kind of navigating, evolving relationships thing, right? So, I mean, you know, we have 
uh, Mariner dealing with um, Boimler not being around, uh, the relationship with her mother and how it's evolved and how everyone knows and how that changes things. And then, of course, Rutherford and Tindy and the changes with him and her insecurity about that to some extent, um, which is, again, what I think makes it another another reason it makes it a great a great thing to start off a season with, you know, it's like, okay, here are the things that have changed and here's how we're dealing with them. And, but we're still staying true to what, what we do in this show, you know? Excellent. So a pretty good season opener. We agree. Yeah. 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 I think so. Steve, Phil Lamar plays Freeman. He co-starred with William Shatner in what movie in 1999 from filmmakers, Robert Meyer Burnett and Mark Altman. Hmm. Uh, Free Enterprise? Very good. Very good. Free Enterprise. That's correct. Great movie. I wish it was easier for people to find. <laughs> yeah. All right. Moving on. Kayshawn, His Eyes Open, Season 2, Episode 2. Original release date, August 19th, 2021. Directed by Kim Arndt. Written by Chris Kula. Guest cast include Jonathan Frakes as William T. Riker, Rich Fulcher as Packlet Leader, Robert Gilbert as Titan's Chief Engineer, Marcus Henderson as Jet Manhaver, Vanessa Marshall as Titan's First Officer, Jessica McKenna as Barnes, Nolan North as Carzel 4 Minor, Ryan Stanger as Titan's Tactical Officer, Carl Tart as Kayshawn, and Paul F. Tompkins as Miglimo. <laughs> Mariner, Rutherford, and Tendi are having trouble bonding with Ensign Jet Manhaver, who has been assigned Boimler's ship duties. They are all put to the test when assigned a collector's mission with new chief of security, Tamirian named Kishan. Meanwhile, we get a glimpse of Boimler's life on the USS Titan, which is far more intense than he thought it would be. Beating your exact copy is never easy. Believe me, I know. Mr. Boimler's, you showed great bravery and ingenuity down there. Thank you, sir. I just wish I could keep both of you. Starfleet Command feels our missions are too complex to have the added complication of two identical crew members. I'm afraid one of you will have to return to the Cerritos as an ensign. I should be the one to go. Huh? All right, works for me. Whoa, 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 wait, I thought we were both going to step forward, and then, like, you'd go, oh, I should be the one to go. Nah, I'm good to stay. But what was that nod? I don't know, I just thought we were doing a copy thing, but thanks, man, that's really big of you. Adam, kick us off on Kayshawn, his eyes open. I love that they use that character. Um, you know, it's just kind of, it was, it actually, it didn't surprise me, but it was like, it, it was very cool to kind of like, wow, they brought a, <laughs> one of these characters into Starfleet. So, and obviously he comes onto the bridge and the he's Tamarian. Talking, Tamarian. And he's, you know, he's talking in metaphor and then, oh, wait, the translator's not, um, not working. So I, I thought that was, you know, and that's what's great about this show. They can just bring anybody from anywhere and it, it may or may not, it wouldn't. I don't know if this would make sense in a in another series, but it works very well here. So I love that you know that they brought um brought the Tamarian in from this episode, and it's obviously you know going back to the next gen episode. So um yeah, we get we get into this episode. Um you know there's we see Boimler's replacement, um, Ensign Jet, and um, Mariner is obviously you know they're they're budding heads. You know it's like you know Alpha Dog. You know who's the alpha dog on here and we get, we get to see the, the, the sonic showers and there, I guess there's the high intensity. I guess you, if you really need to get a deep clean, you can just turn up the sonic showers and get, get that grime off. And then, you know, obviously then we have the collectors again, and that also goes back to next gen. And, you know, we hear the references to data. Everybody was trying to collect data. Um, and, you know, 
and, and so they, they're on this, this mission. And so it's, it's very clever. Um, and then we have um, going on to the other side of the, the part B of this, the B side of this episode with um, Boimler being on the Titan. And obviously, you know, we've gotten a glimpse into this from the, the first episode, how, um, how intense the ship is. And it's like we were mentioned in the, in the last episode, how um, Riker, he, it's just, it's, it's an over-exaggerated Riker and it's a lot of fun. You know, like I was mentioning, you know, the, I love that the Captain Morgan pose, you know, and they kind of, you know, they bring it back to what they were going through in the first um, season, um, you know, dealing with the, the pack lids and they're on this mission and Boimler's got to go undercover. And, you know, and it just seems so, you know, Boimler, he's, it seems so, he seems so out of place. You know, you got these macho commando like um, crew members, you know. Phasers first, fight first, and then you have Boimler, and you know we've all know, gotten to know Boimler. He's not, he's he's kind of the, the whippy the whippy kid on the block. So yeah, I, I enjoyed I enjoyed both parts of this episode, and they kind of intermix with each other. Um, you know, you get to see the intermixing action between the two when um, Tendi, Rutherford, and Mariner are on this collector ship, and they're trying to get out of there because it's the the safeguards have been set off because this guy thinks they're stealing stuff. And then you have the action um, on the other planet with the Titan. So it's, it's a nice interchange back and forth. So it was, yeah, I very much enjoyed this episode as well. Yeah. The bit in the sonic showers is, is fun. Uh, I, I really like and agree with your point about the, the jokes with the Tamarian language, maybe that character and that those jokes wouldn't have really played on, on another show, but it's really yeah. nice that they, they do here. We always like it when, you know, storylines and characters only work on the Star Trek show that they're on. But the, the Sonic Showers stuff is fun because it's something like we feel like we've heard about and never really seen. I mean, I remember we saw a shower on Enterprise, but that was pre-Sonic Showers. That was like a, an actual water. Just like water shower. So, so that was <laughs> that was pretty fun and a, a fun uh, opening teaser. Uh, Steve, your first thoughts on this one? I, I enjoy it like I've enjoyed most of these. Um, I agree all the little in-jokes. And, of course, that uh, collector thing um, provides a, a great platform to have all sorts of little Easter eggs and, and nuggets from old series. And, like, obviously, the huge Spock dupe from the animated series is obviously a big one there, that skeleton. That's is that, that is what that was supposed to be? The big the I think that's Spock what they're the referencing. Yeah, yeah, I thought that too, but I was kind of wondering. I, I'm really hoping when the Blu-rays of Season 2 come out, uh, mm-hmm. what, next month that there's yeah. a whole bit on <laughs> you know yeah. off the top of my head i remember seeing the game from the game yeah right? yeah yeah but uh, there was there were so many things anyway, i'm sorry continue but yeah yeah in this stuff and and, and back to the tamarian and the, that language and it's it, they they are so do such a good job of striking that balance without making fun of making fun of trek without being offensive to you know people that enjoy trek you know it's like we and we laugh along with these things like an absurd thing like how does this language even work in reference like when he's sitting there trying to think of a thing and then spills out some big long phrase for something you know this kind of stuff that we we, we've all thought about you know in reference to how that 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 episode and that language stuff like that where they can kind of tongue-in-cheek play with it um and that only works here and yet they they make it such that we enjoy it and we laugh along with it and we're not like well what do they think they're doing knocking my favorite episode or whatever you know this kind of thing so that's cool 
you know, kind of like kind of like the the, tra- the clone, the transporter clone thing too. They make it like it's an everyday occurrence, or oh, well, that thing happened, you know, which is you know was a would be in real life a big serious like what do you do with this? And then it's like oh, it just happens again. Now one you got to go and all this stuff, you know, it's just crazy, but it's fun. Yeah, I kind of I enjoyed when they're on the shuttle pod and they're they were kind of making fun of Riker for being on the Enterprise, and you know they're talking about you know the the music and. Just kind of the fluff that kind of go, not fluff's probably not the right word, but I mean it's just very much calm from what we kind of see on the Titan, and you know, and, and I, at the end of the episode when Riker's um telling Boimer, oh, I, you know, he kind of envies him for going back and you know exploring, and that's I, I kind of like that part about um this episode too. It's kind of goes, it kind of tells us what we all love about Star Trek. It's a, it's exploring the universe, exploring these worlds, these new life forms and you know and you can go a little bit deeper a lot of star trek also you know it's also a deep look into you know human culture using science fiction so i like that they went there to kind of just kind of explain what what star trek really is supposed to be about it's not you know battles and wars and always fighting and blowing stuff up i read something recently where somebody said star trek at its heart is a like workplace drama i'm thinking a lot about that and I guess maybe deep down it sort of is that for me because the shows that don't do that I seem to not like so much. Like, but the shows that do it feel like Star Trek. Uh, and this show, yeah, it does the it does that really, really, really well because it has just as much crazy sci-fi nuttiness. And in fact, it has more because that's you know it's a cartoon, it's an animated show, so it's going to have all those kinds of exaggerated things. But it 100% has all that workplace drama stuff and really feel like the love between the characters. I love, love, love the, the last moments of the episode when uh, Mariner is saying to, I don't remember his name, the the guy that's... Jet? Jet, that's right, Jet. You know, she's like, oh, we're going to be a great team. team. And then Boimler shows up and she goes, oh my God, it's Boimler. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's mean to poor Jet, but it's just like, you know, in that moment you realize it really was genuine, like her friendship with him and it wasn't... Um, like she she played it down. That was that's her thing. But it was there because she couldn't resist in that moment, being so excited to see him back. You know. Well, it's interesting. I I, I think yeah, I do think on on the most part when you know the, the series are most enjoyable when they're that kind of thing. When it's mostly about the relationship with the characters, I I think there are we could cite plenty of examples of really great episodes that don't focus on that. I but but I think the trick is that that's hard to do. You can't you can't sustain a show that's got excellent episodes because they perfectly tell have some moral that they just pull it off in a creative new way, everything, you know, you can't, you can't do that. That's, that's too much to ask. I mean, there's plenty of Trek episodes that are, that are great that aren't really workplace drama kind of things that are more about, well, they just wove it all together in such a, the writing's great, the acting's great and just pulled it off. But on the most part, in terms of just week to week, you know, the serial, what, what we enjoy about various series and when we think they're consistently pretty good is when, you know, you know something about the relationships of the characters and those dynamics and how they evolve and so on, you know. I feel like, you know, we're, you know, we're getting into season two and we know these characters well enough. And I, I felt it was genuine that Mariner was hurt that Boimler left. She felt, you know, I felt it, you know, it wasn't, you know, her just being macho and her thing. I thought, you know, it was it was subtle, but she, you know, obviously you have the in that first episode that we were talking about her little, you know, Kardashian 
torture chamber, you know, and she's pissed at Boimler. She leaves him there, even though he's a hologram. And, you know, she's got this underlying, you know, anger towards him, but she actually really loves him as a friend, you know. And we also see that in the last episode with Tendi, you know, and how Rutherford, she was afraid that he was going to change and he wasn't going to like her anymore. So there is this close, you know, this, you know, going into the, you know, second episode of season two, you feel that close bond between these four characters. And, um, you know, even, you know, Boimler going, you know, going back, you know, <laughs> he's like, one of you needs to volunteer. And he steps forward. I thought we were both going to volunteer. And he's like, no, no, I'm good. I'm good here. You go ahead. <laughs> but I think he really wanted to go back. He missed his, you know, he missed that closeness and camaraderie. And you feel that. And that's, that's a credit to the writing, you know, the, the voice acting, um, you know, all the way down the line. That is a funny bit because clearly there is something different with his that that Boimler, William Boimler's personality, <laughs> right? He is a, a more appropriate Titan crew member than a Cerritos crew member. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but we even get that little bit where um, oh, the the away team that's with Boimler that's being all you know who. Once he gives his speech about, I, I'd like to be in a string quartet, you know, mm-hmm. I joined Starfleet to explore, that's bold going. Uh, and then they kind of all kind of slightly sheepishly admit that they, they joined for other reasons too. So we get that kind of moment where even they, the people that are being all, you know, militaristic and gung-ho and stuff, there's more to them too. It seems like they go right back to it because, <laughs> you know, as soon as they're back in the Titan. But even Riker, you know, I miss that shit. Yeah, we we obviously know there's more to Riker, and yeah, and he, you know this over exaggerated Riker in in this show. Yeah, he goes, yeah, I miss miss exploring. He does do a great job. You know, we had to talk about all the the actors on this show. All the voice work is fantastic, but even Frakes is great, and he's done animation voice of, uh, before. But um, yeah, he's really good. You know, he he clearly knows how to do animation voices. You know, the Riker on the live action shows never talk this fast, <laughs> but it works and it's, and it's appropriate and it's correct for this show. The laugh out loud bit for me here was Kayless's fornication helmet. That's fun. Save me first. <laughs> Cause it's, it's, other, it's, other, it's a joke. It, it's funny, but it's an extra love. There's an extra bit of funny in there. There's an extra bit of humor at the safety first, because you wouldn't, you wouldn't understand the safety first part. If you didn't know a little bit about Klingons and their <laughs> dating rituals. But yeah, that's pretty funny. Then they bring it back later in the episode. <laughs> Don't judge uh, me. <laughs> you pervert. No, no judgment. Uh, all right, what's this episode about? For me, it, it's it, it kind of strings along from the first episode. You know, Boimler, more so for Boimler. Boimler is he's on the Titan. It's it's crazy. They're going, you know, doing all the crazy stuff that you know the. A class, you know, Federation ships do. And, you know, he comes home, you know, he kind of feels like he comes home with hat in hand at the end, at the end of the episode, but you feel like he's home and he kind of feels like this is, this is his place. This is his family. Um, and I, that's kind of what I, that's what I kind of took from it from this episode. Yeah. I think if, if the first of these two that we talked about today is more about navigating change, this one is kind of the other side of the coin in terms of, recognizing maybe when things aren't as you, you know, there's not like, not like there's times when you, uh, there's a change, but you determine, you know, this isn't my place. This isn't where I want to be. And I want to be someplace else, or there's a better 
a better version of things that I, I the way I want to live, you know? So it's kind of just the reciprocal of what we just experienced in the first. So it is kind of, a, it's almost like a two-parter in that sense, you know, because we, it's the Boimler coming home thing, you know? So cool. Let's do six degrees for Kayshawn. His eyes open. Adam. Jessica McKenna plays Barnes, Rutherford's date, between seasons one and two in how many episodes has Barnes appeared? Was it three, six, or nine? Three. It was nine. nine Can you believe really? it? It's nine. Know. Yeah. That was not... That was was background not, extra for most Pretty of forgettable. Well, you know I, mean? I should say specifically that McKenna gave Barnes a voice in those nine episodes. Mm-hmm. All right, Steve takes it for the day. So yeah, we're into uh, Lower Decks Season 2. Um, I don't think we had any Star Trek news of note, right? Uh, we're halfway done with, um, or more than halfway now, uh, with Strange New World Season 1, right? I think, yeah, still enjoying that. They did announce that there's gonna there was an ice cream truck in New York that had a um, uh, ra- uh, one day, like, Wrath of Pecan ice cream flavor. <laughs> And that truck is going to be in LA in July for one day, so I'm going to have I'm going to have ice cream that day. I don't even like pecans, but I'm sure I'm going to try that. It's part of their 40th anniversary of a uh, Star Trek II. You know, you, you would hope maybe they could have come up with something. I mean, that's that's great, but maybe something a little more exciting than a, a Funko Pop and um, ice cream for a day. But you know, I'll take it. It's what they're going to give us. Ben and Jerry's couldn't come out with the flavor for the rest of the year. So if anybody's going to be down in Santa Monica for uh, Wrath of Pecan in July. Let me know, because I'll be down there. All right. We're going to be back in two weeks to discuss the next two episodes of Lower Decks' second season. You can send us an email, trekcompanion at gmail.com. Our Twitter handle is at trekcompanion. Thank you so much for spending half an hour with us. And until next time, take it easy. Bye, guys. See ya. I passed it.